Liv finished her cigarette and gazed back towards the hotel. Pally never took longer than he had to. The threat of the police, of involving the hotel manager, was usually enough to loosen the victim's wallet without too much debate over the matter. Adept at what he did, calm and unflappable, Pally always played his part to perfection, even if his timing did leave something to be desired on occasion. She thought of George, sprawled over her on the bed, and gave a shudder. Another minute, and she'd have been in serious trouble. Still, those were the risks she took, and the rewards made it worthwhile. It was Verity, a girl who lived across the landing in the boarding house, who had introduced Liv to Pally, and Pally who had introduced her to the Badger. The Badger game was an old one, but men still fell for it. It was as though their brains went out of the window as soon as sex was on the table. Thoughts of their wives, their reputations, were thrown to the wind the moment a pretty girl came into view. Lust replaced reason, and all good sense was lost. A few minutes more passed before Pally finally emerged from the hotel and began to walk towards the corner. Despite her confidence in him, she released a small sigh of relief. Things could go wrong even with the best laid plans. Quickly, she scanned the street, looking for a black cab, and raised her arm as soon as one came into view. Pally was grinning as he caught up with her, climbed into the back, and gave his instructions to the driver. Dane Street, please, mate. Liv spoke softly, so the cabbie wouldn't overhear. You took your time. A man and his money aren't easily parted. I meant earlier. Cutting it a bit fine, weren't you? Pally raised his eyebrows. I'd have called it just about perfect. Only fools rush in. Isn't that what they say? Yes, well, George was the impatient sort. The creep was all over me. When have I ever let you down? There's always a first time. Never, he said. Trust me. Liv did trust him, although not over everything. How much did you get? Half a ton. Liv studied him closely, searching for the tell for the sign that he was holding out on her, but Pally never gave much away. Her half was nothing to complain about. Twenty-five quid was three times what she'd have earned in a week in the typing pool or as an usherette, but she had a suspicion that he often took more than his fair share. What? he asked. Nothing. I thought that was a pretty decent result. I mean, he's hardly Rockefeller, is he? No, it's good. So what's with the face? Liv knew better than to start throwing accusations around. Their partnership, even if it wasn't completely equal, was still a profitable one. And she needed him more than he needed her. He could easily find another girl, but she'd be hard-pressed to find another pally. Who else could walk into a hotel bar and spot a mark straight away? He had a sixth sense, an instinct. Deciding to keep things light, she laughed and said, It's that wig. You never look like you in it. Pally touched his head, grinning again. I'll take that as a compliment. With his fake grey hair and staid navy suit, Pally was a vision of middle-aged, middle-class respectability. He should have been on the stage, she thought, with his talent for play-acting. No one could feign outrage like him, or know exactly how much could be screwed from a victim. He was a born con man. Liv took her compact out of her bag, examined her face in the mirror, and then put on some lipstick. She'd fallen a bit in love with Pally at the start. He was good-looking, smart, funny and kind. And he always took care of her, 
No one had done that since her mum had died. So, perhaps unsurprisingly, she'd developed some romantic notions before Verity had put her straight. You've no chance there, love. You're not his type. And Liv, still as innocent as a lamb back then, had said, Why, does he prefer blondes? Verity had snorted into her vodka. I've no idea, but he certainly doesn't prefer women. He's as queer as they come, Liv. Didn't you realise? Liv, of course, hadn't. She was a small-town girl, and where she came from, such things were never talked about, or at least not with any openness. At first, she'd been disappointed, but now she reckoned it was for the best. This way, they could go on working together without any messy complications. Pally took off his tie, slipped it into his pocket and unbuttoned the top of his shirt. Then he placed his hand on her knee and squeezed it. We make a good team, you and me. The best, she said. Same time tomorrow. I'll meet you in the cafe.